Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By. And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the pod, reacting to a landslide victory over the Charlotte Hornets. Happy New Year to everyone out there. Uh, Nuggets get the New Year uh, kicked off on the right foot with a 111-93 to um, really dominant second-half performance. A really dominant third is what um, the difference of this game was. It was rather close um, in the early stages. I think it's fair to uh, say that the central reason for it being close between the world champions at home and one of the worst teams in the NBA is because the world's best player decided not to shoot the basketball. Uh, This is one of these things where uh, every once in a while, Jokic is going to keep you on your toes. Um, What is the reason for that? Why, why, Why did Jokic not attempt his first shot until under one minute remaining in the second quarter? Let, let me just lead by saying, I don't know, okay? I don't know what the um, the central reason was for, for Jokic uh, choosing to operate that way. But what I will say is, well, a couple different things. And, and, and I want to get to four or five different things today on this podcast, so I'm, I don't want to spend too, too much time on this. But this is, this is ultimately what I, I refer to as a footnote win during the NBA season. It's a footnote. We will not remember this game. Uh, we talk about it because we react to the games that count, the games that matter, and this falls under that category. But in reality, this was uh, you know a New Year's Day um, game against a team that has won three total wins away from Charlotte and is just patently bad. Um, if you do remember it, the reason will likely be, unless you're a big Smith fan, welcome back, um, unless, unless that's the reason, you'll probably remember it for the game that Jokic decided not to shoot in the first half. Um, it's clearly calculated. That's what, that's what I do know. Um, Jokic is the ultimate, you know, we've said for years, Jokic is like water. He'll find the path of least resistance as water does. But this was not a let the game come to you thing. This was uh, uh, calculated, orchestrated, um, thought out. Intended, pick a word and it will apply uh, to Jokic. And I don't, you know, Jokic is so such a different cat. And this is why last season during the MVP conversations that became so poisonous, okay, with accusations and race baiting and all the nastiness of the 2023 MVP conversation um, that really uh, uh, centered around Nikola Jokic and uh, Joel Embiid and so many other members of the media on the sidelines. Um, This is why the accusation of Jokic being a stat patter was the stupidest thing that I may have ever heard um, in a basketball conversation from a basketball person, okay? Um, And I'm not going to get into names. And even you guys, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time or listened to me on the radio, I'm not like a name caller. Just... But but I will I will use the word stupid because that was the that was um, uh, how I would label the accusation of Jokic being a stat patter from a year ago. Jokic doesn't care if you were a stat patter. This is the game that you take advantage of. This is the game where you go into it and say, "There's no one that can guard me on that team." Like literally, and and just physically, no one on the Hornets can guard Jokic. He could have 
scored 50 points. And there's other centers that would have gone out and tried exactly that. And you know who they are. But Jokic is built so differently. And I don't even know, and, and I don't want to sit here and, 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 and build Jokic as the ultimate sympathetic uh, a figure for, for not shooting the basketball. You want to know the truth? Do you, you guys, you guys like, actually want to know what I think of it? I think it's kind of weird. I think it's kind of weird. Jokic is a different cat, like to a degree where his um, approach, the way it can bleed over into a basketball game and just kind of decide that you're not going to do or do something like, and this is, it's actually, it's actually um, in, in a small way, a sign of just how great of a player he is, where he feels so comfortable uh, at, at any given moment that he can just not shoot the basketball, being the best player in the world against a really bad opponent. It doesn't really make sense. Um, you know, they were clearly trying to get Jamal Murray involved in the early stages of, of that game. Um, you know, he shot, uh, I think he had 11 points in the first of uh, a quarter. He took the first shot of the game, uh, calculated post-ups against Ish Smith, trying to take care of that matchup and or take advantage of that matchup rather. And maybe it was Jokic just saying, okay, this is not going to be about me tonight. But the game, that, that's, you know, he was catching it next to the rim and per, like not looking at the rim and like kicking it out. Like that, that is almost... It's it's the opposite of what you would think, but like Michael Malone when describing Nikola Jokic and he and um, the phraseology has been repurposed on broadcast by JJ Redick and others when they when they quote Michael Malone saying Jokic doesn't fight the game. I think I saw I think I saw him fight the game <laughs> on on on, on uh, January first at, at home against the Hornets on Monday night. Like the, he, you did fight the game in the opposite way in what you would think though, like he didn't take what the game brought to him so it's just one of these things it's a little bit different Jokic is his own dude he is a true one of one and there's certainly so much more good than bad and I'm not even saying this is bad necessarily but I do kind of think it's weird um if you were watching that game it didn't feel organic so I don't know what was on his mind don't know <laughs> I really don't know um a couple other things from this uh, uh basketball game I wanted to address outside uh that kind of elephant in the room um, of the theme, especially that uh, first half. And by the way, Jokic comes out in the second half, and they begin playing through Jokic again, and all they do is outscore the Hornets 40-17 to 17 over a 12-minute span. That's hard to do. To have like a 30-6 to 6 run, that's hard to do. And But they changed the approach. Uh, Jokic changed his approach uh, on the game, and w look at the result. You could draw a straight line to it. So um, anyway, uh, moving on here. Uh, Aaron Gordon was back, okay? Aaron Gordon, excuse me, uh, taking a drink if you're listening just to audio only. Um, Aaron Gordon was back. Guys, I thought he was going to be out a month. That, that, that was my prediction. He was out a week. Why did I think he was going to be out a month? Because how Michael Malone, the head coach of the Nuggets, addressed it with this very deep, somber, almost like a hedge of like even when the scars heal, like the emotional damage to, you know. And so I use that as a reflection, knowing the, co the coach is speaking like this, my forecast of his availability was, was a reflection almost of the tone that I heard from uh, Michael Malone. Guys, he, it, it looked, I, I couldn't tell anything was wrong with him. I couldn't tell anything was wrong with him physically. I couldn't see big gashes or stitches or anything on his face. He had his hands covered up. I mean, I've had stitches all over my body. Okay, stitches in my freaking face, stitches in my head, stitches uh, on my left hand, stitches multiple times from knee surgery. All, all, all these are basketball injuries. Um, 
And uh, unless stitches shrunk, I mean, we were talking 20 to 25 stitches. I did not see that. So at the end of the day, thankfully, I don't think it was as bad as it was kind of painted to be. And we were kind of tiptoeing and speculating and like, was it his dog? Oh, my gosh. Like, there's the picture of the Rottweiler. And that's his. It, it was his dog. His dad takes care of it most of the time. I don't know what happened. Um, I'm just glad Aaron Gordon's okay. I'm glad Aaron Gordon's back. He didn't have to do too much. He took five total shots. He played 25 minutes. Um, didn't have to play uh, on the back stretch of the game. He finishes with 10 points, a couple rebounds, a steal, a block. He was a whopping plus 29 um, in the uh, plus minus, which was is one of the, um, the largest of his career. I think it's second or third ahead in my notes there. Um, and then... Um, and then also um, uh, transitioning to uh, Michael Porter Jr., who finished with 22 points, uh, eight rebounds, had an assist, eight of 17 from the field, four of 11 from three. Um, you know, he was a plus 33, which is the highest mark of his career. Michael Porter Jr.'s largest plus minus um, came on Monday night as well. And you could just tell um, they were trying to get him involved. You saw him make threes off the catch. You saw him uh, come off screens. But also, I think, you know, one of my... Um, not it's some massive, massive takeaway. But it's worth noting here, in recent games, you are seeing M- Michael Porter Jr. Um, deliberately play off the bounce. And not the strongest guy in the world, but you are seeing his uh, uh, his ability to get to the rim. He'll oftentimes go to the Euro step. We saw that in the first half against Oklahoma City, second half against Charlotte. Um, a lot of times he can get pushed off his spot. So when he's going to that Euro step, it oftentimes is like looking a little bit awkward as he's finishing. Um, again, because he's not the strongest guy, but I do like to see him continually adding that to his game. I'd like to see even more of it. I mean, the guy is, is seven foot uh, bona fide. If he could ever regularly play off the dribble, I think that would be fantastic um, and just make his game more layered. We've seen him do it in spots. You're starting to see it a little bit more. I do I do like to see it and, and would like to see more of it. Um, Jamal Murray, uh, 25 points, pacing Denver. Uh, you're seeing Jamal... Uh, start to shoot it well, man. Start to shoot it well. Um, you know, uh, seven of sixteen uh, from the floor. Uh, not, 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 not. You know, lighting the world totally on fire. Uh, but five of nine from three uh, for Jamal to go with those twenty-five points. Had seven assists. Uh, got to the free throw line. Made almost all of those. Six for seven. Um, but he, he he had that stinker against Oklahoma City, uh, and that deserves to get mentioned there. Nine points, four of fifteen shooting. He was hard to watch. Uh, from three especially, just couldn't make shots. And, you know, his performance was kind of a reflection of Denver's performance as they were blown out against Oklahoma City. I talk a lot about that team. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that team and so many guys on that basketball team. I think Chet is great. I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Um, uh, Dort, I'm a fan of. Giddy, I'm a fan of. Um, SGA going for 40. I just, I, I love their team. And let me just shoehorn this in. Um, and quickly talking about Jamal and, and and referencing the loss to Oklahoma City. When we talked last week, I came in here and I was referencing a conversation I heard on the radio of like, hey, if the Nuggets just win one, it's all good. You know, we had a parade. I just, I don't think it should be looked at like that um, because of teams like Oklahoma City and Minnesota who are truly uh, trending up big picture as a franchise. Um, you don't know how windows work in sports. And Oklahoma City... Um, I do not believe is capable of beating Denver four times in a seven-game series. I don't believe that. But I also see their foundational pieces in place and how young that they are and the arc that that team's on. And I don't 
think we should assume that's going to be the case in two years. I know it's the case right now. That's why Denver needs to take advantage of this window and and go and win another championship. Um, because in, in, in two, three years, what is that combination of Chet, Jalen Williams, Shea Gildress-Alexander, Josh Giddy, all those picks, Lou Dort, all those picks, do they make a trade? We don't know. But I'm starting to see, like, man, that's a real contender in, in a year or two. Um, so, uh, but back to Jamal, you know, outside of that Oklahoma City game, on the whole, if you look at the way he's shooting it, the way he's scoring it, I mean, we've really been living in like a, a, a two-week stretch of Jamal scoring it. 22 against Dallas, 20 against Toronto, 32 against Brooklyn, 20 against Charlotte, 28 against the Warriors, 23 against Memphis. Like, you know, and you, and you think to some of um, Jamal's uh, inconsistent stretches in the month of um, December or November, he feels like he's turning that corner of consistency. Jamal, notoriously slow starter to a season, feels like he is finding his groove. That doesn't mean it's going to be perfect every single night. We know that. Um, but, uh, but, but from a big picture standpoint, he continues to raise that average. And now you look, uh, and he's nearly averaging 20 points a game at 19.7. So uh, good stuff there from uh, Jamal Murray. And uh, I love to see it. I love to see it. Um, what else did I want to get to here? Um, oh, Reggie Jackson, once again, off the bench, 15 points, looking like um, looking like 27-year-old Reggie Jackson, not 30, what is he, 32, 33? He's 33, um, turning 34 this spring. Um, man, you see some of these shots that he's making, the acrobatic finishes around the basket. The guy just continues to have um, an incredible I don't know what you want to call it, second act, third act of his career here in Denver. And, um, man, we've gone on about Reggie um, extensively here in recent weeks. But it's one of these games where, you know, he's keeping that bench afloat. When, and they had some really skittish moments on Monday night against Charlotte. Um, and, and Reggie being the best part uh, of, of that group. Um, uh, and also Peyton Watson knocking down more threes. Spent some time on this last week. Um uh, you know, this is not a guy that is looked at like a shooter. Um, capable shooter is probably how he's phrased on the scouting report. Uh, Jokic had that beautiful kind of one-timer tip pass that we've seen from Jokic that just, like guys, if they do that once it goes on their highlight, Jokic has so many plays like that, the one-timing tips, um, that it's its own highlight video of just those, and we got another chapter uh, or installment of that uh, on um, on Monday night. I thought Christian Brown played uh, well offensively and defensively. Um, they gave the defensive player of the game chain to Zeke Naji. Um, I don't rail on this too much because uh, I don't just don't want to be overly negative. I, I don't I don't understand that. I understand. I just don't like the defensive game chain at the professional level. You play 82 games. Um, I, I get I get why you would do it incentivizing guys, but it feels like college football, like the turnover chain or something like that. Um, these are the world champions. I just you know, I'm not a fan of it. I certainly don't understand why Zeke would get it um, on Monday night. Maybe just want to make him feel good. He had three blocks. That's awesome. Michael Malone in the post game said he had 13 rebounds. I think he just read the stat sheet wrong. He actually had three. Um, so whatever. Um, and uh, on the whole, you look at Denver. And they have now uh, won 10 of their last 12. So 10 and 2 in their last 12 games. And one of those is that one-point loss at home against OKC where SGA hit the shot on uh, Peyton Watson for the game winner in which the Nuggets were in total control and, like, in the last two minutes let OKC back in. 
Had that not happened, you're talking about the Nuggets winning 11 of 12. Um, but it is what it is. They're 24 and 11, and you look up, and they are um, in the three seed right now, uh, really tied with Oklahoma City, losing that tiebreaker, obviously, what happened over the weekend. Hopefully that doesn't come back into play uh, down the stretch of this season. But 24 and 11, 8-2 uh, and two in their last 10, 10 and 12, or 10 and 2 in their last 12. Um, they're playing um, as good as basketball as anyone in the Western Conference right now. And uh, I can, I, if they're healthy, I think they're going to keep it up. I think they're going to keep it up and just keep winning games. We talked about a couple weeks ago getting through the um, the bulk of the the back to backs and you know the compressed schedule and road games and um, they uh, we, we, and we kind of you know not to you know uh, give ourselves a bruise pass, patting ourselves on the back, but it was about two weeks ago we came in here and said we looked at the schedule, we looked at the opponents, looked what they had just come out of from a schedule standpoint, and said, hey, these guys are really about to go on a run. Um, I know I'm not the only one uh, that 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 uh, forecasted that, but you kind of see it the way that it was uh, playing out from a schedule standpoint. And they've gone exactly on that run. So uh, good stuff there from Denver. Um, all is well. All is well. Team is healthy. Aaron Gordon's back. Um, you know, um, now you're just going to have to get uh, Nicole Jokic to shoot again in the first half. Uh, uh, less than one minute it came, his first shot, on that beautiful, by the way, uh, pass from uh, KCP, probably underrated. Uh, pass on that dive to the basket. All right, uh, next up, Nuggets play at uh, Golden State on Thursday. Uh, so nice little couple days off here. Uh, that game is on TNT, so the entire market will get to watch that game. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday looking ahead to that game and talking about some of the bigger picture uh, ongoings with this basketball team. All right, we'll leave it there for now, guys. Happy New Year. I hope your near year is off to a great start. I think it's going to be a great 2024 for the Denver Nuggets. Another parade involved? Question mark? We'll see. Guys, uh, we'll see you back here on Thursday, right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.